Welcome to the old bastard martini lunch. This is a show about advertising and design creatives with an audience of one, me. I'm Peter Morse. This is my show. show maybe you don't know me well i'm an award-winning illustrator designer and art director i've worked for the top agencies in the nebraska area and i am currently a freelance creative you got some projects sending my way uh in my time at these agencies i made a lot of connections with a lot of interesting people so this show is me sitting down for a couple of drinks and catching up with those folks hope you enjoy the conversation Part two with Steve Molly, El Presidente of Molly Marketing. This show focuses more on his passion, marketing. It's really actually pretty interesting. Uh, Steve gives some great examples and we learn some important lessons like people will only buy one adult onesies in a lifetime and you can still get fired for getting great marketing results. So join us in our booth at the back as we share our drinks and our stories. Uh, how many listeners you got? If you want um, to put this on you for the yeah, podcast. Do I, need to? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think I've got 16 subscribers now. So. Very cool. There you go. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah, yeah. No, no. My mom's not going to listen to this. <laughs> That's funny. So there you go. Yeah. It's not a lot, but... Oh, yeah. It's, it's a very passionate group, though. Very good. <laughs> There's a lot of power in those numbers. Yeah. yeah, we're, you know, this is some real direct marketing we got going on. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's Tommy Smith. We know it's his brother. Oh, you know Tommy Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Dude, I like that angle. It's direct marketing. Yeah. Doesn't Perfect. get much, direct, much more direct than that. Uh, segue a little bit of it reminds me. So we have some clients that are very much in that direct marketing space. Uh-huh. You show them an ad. They clicked on it. Do they buy yes or no? Right. And so the whole conversation now, especially with all the changes taking place on Facebook and on Instagram and just Google overall, like it becomes so much less of a, it, it becomes a big issue for them. Right. But what it forces them to be able to do is understand like marketing. Right. And then being marketing, you know, you have to have anywhere between roughly speaking, 12 to 14 touch points. It needs to be, actually we had this, this there's a guy that owns a company called Wicked Reports. They tracked $1.3 billion in spending. Uh, and I got to know the guy in San Diego about a month ago. I had a couple beers with him. Super interesting. Talking about dropping fucking F-bombs on stuff. <laughs> Boston, like T.O.T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, anyway, he tracked all $1.3 billion in spending. And what he noticed is like, in order to get somebody to actually buy, they do have to have between 12 to 14 touch points. And the, the average buyer's journey is 42 days. It's not, I see this, I click on this, I buy. Right. I get this postcard, I go to the website, I buy, or I get this postcard, I go to the office, store, whatever, and buy. Mm-hmm. It's always a 42-day journey. So that's the biggest thing with us and trying to educate our clients. Like, it's a long play. Right. right. We have this one client. Yeah, but even that, that's not like, 
that's not even like six months. You know what I mean? Right. No, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely. like one month. That's not, yeah. I mean, it's not immediate, but that's yeah. not bad. You can't like, pay your phone bill this month, but you can't yeah, next month. Yeah, like, it's fun. It's not that bad. But it's interesting because, again, it's super spoiled, especially yeah. back in the day where, like, they would see revenue on day four, day right. five, right. day seven, or what they perceived as revenue. Right. Even though they missed out on the big picture overall. So I would say over the last probably six months, it's a lot of conversations with our clients are mainly focused just on online marketing is that, hey, like online marketing is online marketing, but it's still marketing. Right. It's still people. You're still selling to the individuals and the buyer's journey is not going to change. Like we had one client, they're like, how can I shorten that up? Like there's a couple things we could try. At the end of the day, like they're people. Right. Uh, this is one thing that was interesting doing a bunch of research on and talking to uh, companies. You can shorten it by... Giving it away, yeah. Sure, like paying them to take it, like, dude. I bet you can't even pay them to take it. At that point in time, like I don't trust you. Right. Speaking of which, right. okay. so I'm gonna do like a little bit of tangent on this. Yeah, okay. I love this study, and so it you know, came down like a buyer's journey, trust levels. You have to trust somebody before you buy from somebody. Yada yada yada. Right. And this guy's done it. He's in academia, and so he's done it all across the United States as he goes to speak at different universities. And what he'll do is he'll go to the ATM, get $100 worth of ones, and he'll stand on the street corner. And if you're walking by, try to hand you a $1 bill. Next person, $1 bill. Next person, maybe a $5 bill. That type of thing. And it's like 10%, less than 10% of people actually take the money. And the reason is they assume you want something. Right. So even though you're giving away free cash, you're like, well, it's a fucking shyster. Like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything I'm, with this. I'm in that camp, man. I yeah, exactly. Because I, I exactly. feel like everybody's trying to swindle me. So. Yeah. And so you have to be able to lead with value. Mm-hmm. And good marketing leads with value. Like truly good marketing leads with value. Um, and good companies don't understand that and hence the longer term play. But I thought it was interesting, like even when I'm trying to give you money, unless there's that trust factor, right? Like you're not gonna take money from me. Right. So which I think was great. So <laughs> talk to some clients about it, like, ah, oh, I don't know. How do you short it, man? Yep, that's, yep. Uh, that's that's so like you said, it's even if you're looking at that that uh, I'm calling it the short game, like, you know, that that time period because you've got years if you can, yes. you know, get that, earn that, you can repeat, you can sell again and again and yeah. again, you know. I love talking like, what's the lifetime? Unless you're selling coffins, like, I, <laughs> I, feel, like, I feel like you can sell again and again Dude, and again. hold on. So they said, no, no joke. Okay. You're selling coffins yeah. or you're selling adult onesies? <laughs> Like, right, right, right. You're only buying one. Well, like an adult ones, you might sound pretty badass. You get know. in the mail like, ah. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I got like a different occasion. <laughs> maybe. So we literally have a client that sells adult onesies. Okay. <laughs> and so it's different animals. So you get a giraffe, you get a panda, you get a penguin, you get oh. a dinosaur. Okay. And so the stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. And he's a great guy. Which one did you get? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we got the panda. Okay. Uh, so, like, he's a great guy. He built up this business. Um, it's like a $2 million a year business on Amazon just selling this. Right. And it's always been on Amazon. So now he's trying to transfer it to just, you know, Facebook, Google, like everything else that's online. And so we're How, taking... Wait, okay, I'm going to sidetrack you for a second there. So selling through Amazon and he's yeah. looking... Um, is he get a bigger piece of the pie if he's selling it on on something like Facebook, or is yeah, it really exactly. about the same? Like, how does that work? So for him, it comes down to forty percent. Amazon takes forty percent. Right. Amazon also does all the packaging, shipping, yeah, a lot all of logistics. That type of stuff. That, yeah. Exactly. 
So if you don't have them do all that, they take a lower percentage, and it varies based on volume and all that type of stuff. Right. Where he's at is 40%. percent mm -hmm. And so when he brought us aboard, he wanted us to get below that 40%, obviously, to make more profits on it. Right. Which is fun. Like, it's kind of a cool thing. But at the end of the day, like, how many people are on Google right now searching for adult onesies? Like, not very many. Yeah, I do have a, like... Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys got a lizard on there? How much... Thank, thank God for mute again. <laughs> uh, I did have a buddy. This is five, six years You're saying ago. I need to mute this? Is that what you're... <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. No, no, no. no. Okay. Uh, that his wife wanted it a onesie. Right. And so, like, he got super excited. He finally found her a onesie. Like, what you'd wear as pajamas, like, with, you know, the foots, you know, yeah. footsie and whatever else you call it. Um, loved it. It's Valentine's Day. Right. It's like, I'm going to give Jamie, my wife, this onesie. Like, I'm in. It's Valentine's Day. She's yeah. always wanted this. Like, I'm in. Yeah. And he said it was an amazing thing. He gave her the onesie. She goes in the bathroom to change into it. She's like, maybe four foot eleven. She's pretty tiny. Right. So she walks back out and Damien's like six foot two. Right. And Damien's like, I look at her I'm like, I can't fuck a midget. Like, this is wrong. <laughs> this is terrible. So now every time that he wants to have sex and she does not, right. she puts on the onesie because she knows that Damien just won't touch her. So, oh. Uh, so, how, how do we get back? Uh, we... I don't know. We talked about the onesies and trying to sell the animal ones. And... Uh, if I can back it up enough. Selling through Amazon. And you want to you diversify. Want to yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah. So you came to us to diversify. Yeah. The thing is. It took me a second. <laughs> you painted a picture and I'm like trying to <laughs> get back to that. Um, and so he came to us. He wanted to be able to sell the product. And so we're still going through it here now. Right. The biggest thing, his product's 35 bucks. Right. For us to sell a $35 pro product costs about as much as it costs us to sell a $700 product. Right. Like there's right. not that much variance between the two. And so working with him, I'm trying to, let's build up awareness first mm -hmm. and build up awareness on people that might actually be searching for adult onesies. Mm -hmm. And then we can get the cost lower. Obviously, build up awareness is cost money. So his cost initially over the first three, four, five months is going to go up. What about product? Is he like put that in the hands of influencers or something? Or? We've kind of talked about some of that. Influencer yeah. marketing is... Everybody says they're an influencer marketer. Kind That's because everybody wants free shit. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... Like I have no, but we have probably a handful of clients trying to go through the influencer marketing stuff now, and I agree with that. Like, just because it's a big number, it sounds sexy, it sounds impressive. Uh, we have one that's actually trying to hook up with one of the Kardashians. I don't remember which one. Again, it sounds sexy, but like, what's it fucking gonna do for you? Right, right. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It reminds me, this was a year ago. Uh, we were working with the clients to try to get on the New York Times bestsellers list. Right. The publisher. Uh, it was a decent-sized publisher. They're like, hey, we have an email list of 3 million people. So, again, we're an influencer. Right. And these 3 million people fit up with these demographics, yada, yada, yada. In order to get on the New York Times bestsellers list, you have to sell, roughly speaking, twelve to 15,000 books. Right. Depends on the category, time of year, that type of stuff. Um, and so, for our goal was 15,000. Yeah, you're looking at those percentages. If you're looking at 3 million, you're like, that's doable, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, the publisher is like, all right, we're going to send out your book offer twice to two or three million people list um, they projected they would get 8,000 sales so then the company the author hired us to uh, take care of the other 7,000 well the publishing company sent out the email twice and you have a 30-day window roughly in order to hit the best time sellers list New York mm -hmm. Times bestsellers list um, and this was 10 days in the window so 20 days left right uh, the author calls me up and 
I was in Austin with my brother, and we do a lot of business together. And she's like, we got an issue, we got to talk right away. I'm like, well, perfect, because me and my brother work on this account together, so this is great. Right. Uh, and so we hop on the phone call with us, and she's like, hey, like, you remember that three million list that we just got, you know, sent out to twice? I'm like, yeah. She's like, they sold 873 bucks. Dude, those... Not 8,000! Those metrics are shit. Oh, my God, yeah. It was horrible. And she's like, the thing I love about her, she's like, all right, like, that's the stats, that's the facts. Doesn't matter how much I bitch, complain, cry, whatever, that's the facts. What are we going to do about it? And so we had to put together a strategy to try to sell, at this point, 15,000 books in 20 days versus 8,000. You're picking up a lot more slack. Yeah. Which was awesome, because it forced us to really, like, test all kinds of stuff, and, like... We had a lot of fun with it. We ended up getting on their New York Times bestsellers list. Sweet. In an ego play. Don't, don't leave me hanging. Thanks, man. In <laughs> e- awesome. ego play is Tony Robbins released the book at the same time. Yeah. He was number three. Yeah. Our client was number four. <laughs> like, that's awesome. There you go. So, well, that's what you do, man. You're in marketing. That's it's all about numbers and metrics. And should be, at least. I don't know. Like, How do you feel about that? Dude, I like it. Yeah? I like it. Uh, part of it is like you can't measure some of the stuff, obviously. Right. Uh, a lot of clients that we work with is that they want to have something that's kind of measured. One of the biggest learning things we had probably two years ago, two and a half years ago, we had a client that she gave us access to the book since we knew mm-hmm. exact revenue, is that we grew her top line by 40% and her bottom line, or bottom line by 32, 34%, something like that. That's fantastic. She fired us. What? Yeah, exactly. That was my reaction. <laughs> I get this email, How? and she says, see below, which was the attachment of the letter, what? saying that, hey, basically, we're letting you go. What it was, like, we did a poor job of communicating with her, like, what we actually did and what okay. happened. And so she noticed some of this stuff, but she's not intimate with her books. Like, her bookkeeper right. takes right. care of all of her books. Right. But we did a, just a piss-poor job of saying, like, hey, like, over the last couple of weeks, we booked X number of guests, what meant... X amount of dollars to right. you know, your top line. And we did bad. And so, like, ever since then, now we have these KPIs that really try yeah. to track as much as possible. Depends on the client's goals. Is it, you know, basically, is it overall awareness? Is it people to download stuff? Is it people to, you know, f- call me, contact form, email, whatever? Is it for them to buy books? So, we have weekly phone calls with most of our clients now going through that. So, that side of it, I love. I also know, like, somewhat you just can't track. You right. can't show, you can't prove, or there's that uh, that curve, if you will, that's maybe three, four, or five months down the road. Because we're doing all this stuff, we should be able to experience this. And some right. of it you can't track, but we try to track as much as possible. And some of it, the clients are like, how many impressions I get this week? I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, right. how many leads did you get this week? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So part of it's education, but... The biggest things that we've learned in business has literally been through the pain. Wow. And eventually, it was probably a three-hour. It was like a lunch. It became like a three-hour lunch trying to figure this out. Right. Came up with a good solution now. But, man, that sucked right. at the time. Oh, I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> That's no illogical. Sense. Well, right. I, I think some of it is, um, you know, obviously people are interested in relationships with people. Mm-hmm. It's not just about... Hey, you done? I, I unless it was like phenomenal numbers, then they're probably like, I, I don't care. It could be a chimpanzee that's running this right now. If yeah. with these numbers, I don't care. But yeah. you know, I, I think people are just interested in relationships with people. So I completely know. agree. So I love the relationship side of it. I've also seen sometimes as we grow, like one of the things as we grow, sometimes the relationships aren't necessarily as strong because right. we're busy like focusing on other areas. Not that we're neglecting certain people, but like. You know, it's, it's that balancing act. And some of it is just as you grow, you just, 
uh, you know, it's business that you need to focus on, and it's going to make me sound like an asshole, but whatever, you got to focus on those dollars and where's yeah. that coming from. And so that's going to take more of your time as much as, yeah. you know, you'd like to spend time with probably some of these early relationships you've built. There's, it's just not there, you know, Completely agree. It, it doesn't make sense business wise so not to be a jerk but that's just kind of how it works you know yeah I completely agree like I love working with them they're great yeah. people yeah just unfortunately like I can't focus the majority of my time on that like I used to be able to yeah how'd you score on empathy um <laughs> it's not top five but it's not bottom five okay so I'm not pretty sure. sure mine's a bottom <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my lowest if yeah. I recall from like the Gallup thing like I just don't care what. <laughs> That's a big surprise. I got, I got a lot of things going on, man, you know? Right. That stuff always cracks me up. Yeah. Especially the ones that are like literally what Gallup is 1 through 36 or yeah, something. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that are at 36. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I love you. You're a great guy. But that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I know Gallup is always a big fan of the coming back to like that personality thing because we were talking about it earlier just yeah. they were saying that it's not going to waver a lot from where you were you know five ten years ago or something like that I don't know if I believe in that I don't, I don't know I guess I'd have to take it again and see but I'm not sure if I'm because I'm pretty sure that I was way more savvy after years of running my business than I probably right. was earlier so I definitely feel like that probably influenced my personality then maybe more so than you should my. take it again I should I'm curious supposedly like they give you the top five yeah supposedly like your top ten yeah. won't change much like yeah. maybe your top five you might have a couple to drop off but like now six and seven go into the top five right again supposedly so it'd be interesting to take it again what, what'd you score what were you top I don't remember um visionary competitiveness oh nice um, so they color code it Oh and really? Okay. They had, well, I got like, a red. I got a green. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> so I was like, means. I think there's like four orange. Okay. I don't remember exactly what the hell that is, and <laughs> one random yeah. whatever. Yeah, I'm all orange and beige. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that when I very first took it, I didn't get woo, and I was kind of disappointed I didn't get Where woo. But it makes sense. Like, I don't get my energy necessarily from, like, big groups of people. Right. I love having, like, good intellectual conversations. Right, right. But put me in a room of 40 people that, like, I need to go and, like, you know, shake hands, kiss babies. Right. Like, you gotta, I guess exhausted. You look at it as, like, this is a task. I have to interact with these people. You yeah. Know? And, and it's not like it's, like, it's not like a chore or something that you dread, but it's, it's not what gets you excited. Right. Like you said, you know. Uh, smaller group, more in-depth conversation of what you're doing, you're going to get a bigger charge out of that. Yeah. Instead of like, just drop me in a room. I'm going to love it. I'm just going to mingle with everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm not that either. So. Like I was talking about earlier on, the guy that uh, created Wicked Reports, the one that tracked all that money that yeah. they spent. Um, we have a conference every single year in San Diego called Traffic and Conversion. We go there, we have a bunch of clients that go there, and so we always throw a kind of client party. Oh, cool. And so he's not a client of ours, but like he was he was a speaker on stage, and so we've got to know the traffic conversion people really well, so I'll come out to the party. But the thing I love about it is literally there's 120 people that come to it. Right. It's me and like three other people over the side. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll all kind of like go over to the other side and another side. And these conversations are just freaking phenomenal. Right. Because there's other ones in there that will literally go like, you know, 
party hop, if you will, right. from like pod to pod to pod, next party, pod to pod, like, right, right. Ah, that's just, that's exhausting. Like, I love, I just love to nerd out, like, you know, talk shop, talk data, talk whatever. And that's what, always well, what do you do in your free time? Talk shop, talk yeah, data. Come on, <laughs> uh, what I love to just go to, to a certain extent, like, shitholes in different communities. Right. Because that's when you can actually talk with people, like, again, going back to conversation, one-on-one conversation, talk with the bartender, talk with locals. Yeah. What do you like? What don't you like? We're in uh, Nashville. I brought up the very beginning of this. And, like, just talking with the bartender and a couple of locals. Like, you have to go to this place on Sunday because it's a jam band. And so we look it up and we take a look at it and it's a complete shithole. And we're like, well, you know, again, like, this is fun. This is going to be kind of cool. Yeah. But, like, you have all these places all around it that have been torn down and built in these beautiful condos, shopping areas, whatever. Like, it's this one-story shithole. Like, all right, we'll try it. So we go there. And it's literally like you walk into somebody's garage, like a jam uh, jam band. Right. You walk in the garage and, like, they don't even notice you're there. That they're just, like, strumming out, playing songs, having a good time. It's older folks, like, you know, probably 50-plus. Right. Um, as the night goes on, it transitions to, like, you know, 20 to 30-year-olds. But it's literally, you just walk into their intimate setting where they just happen to be playing, and you go to get food, and it's popcorn, and it's hot dogs. <laughs> that's it. And you got a couple of beers, and that's your only choices. Right, right. But I guess what it was in Nashville, it's where they used to play the Grand Ole Opry, uh-huh. like the old Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, yeah. They would come to this place afterwards and literally just jam out, have a good yeah. time. So every Sunday, they still have that tradition of doing it. And that's the stuff I love in a travel. Yeah, it's cool. like finding that type of stuff. Yeah. Like we'll do the tour stuff to a certain extent, but like I want to find, you know, if you're not on vacation, where are you going? Exactly. Where do you want to connect? So yeah. we're down in the Bahamas and we ended up meeting up with a couple of those down there and he's in charge of, he works for Hy-Vee and okay. he's in charge of all uh, liquor, beer, and coffee for right. all of Hy-Vee. Okay. And so I was talking to him like, how do you find some of these things? Like obviously like Tito's Vodka, like yeah, it's yeah. been around, like great seller, you gotta have it, that type of stuff. Right. And he says, like, he, him and his girlfriend love to travel. So when they travel, they try the local stuff. And he's like, they were someplace, I remember where it was at. And uh, it was a resort. And the guy, the bartender's like, hey, man, like, I want you to try mine. Like, here's my rum. And he tried it. He's like, hey, man, like, if you can make me 50 barrels of this, like, I'll put you in my stores. Sure as shit. I think it was like a year later. He came back with 50 barrels, put him in a bunch of the stores. Like, he's doing fairly well. Wow. And that's what I love is, like, those type of stories. Yeah. It's like very, very local, like trying to help other people out. Like, I think it's fantastic. That is. That's an amazing just networking story. You never know. Yeah. You never know. That's awesome. Uh You got to tell me what that is. I got to get some of this stuff. I'm not a big rum guy. You got to figure out what it is. Maybe try it out. Yeah. Um, He's, well, he's based in Des Moines with Hy-Vee. Right. We got a conference in Des Moines and I think it's in May. So we talked about meeting up then. That's what I do. I'll let you know. There you go. So. Yeah. Cue me in on some of that rum. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Okay. We'll do. Man, all right. Well, I'm going to take a break here. You good for another one or you got to go? Right. I got a little time. All right, you got time? Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Steve, for joining me for uh, some drinks, talking about uh, adult onesies. Uh, hey, maybe we should get a photo of you in the onesie. We'll post that on the, post that on the website. That might be fun. Um, if you're interested in what uh, Steve's company can do for you, uh, check it out. It's mollymarketing.com. That's M-A-L-Y marketing.com. 
a lot of great examples on there of their work. Um, if you like the show, subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. You can follow the show on Twitter at Bastard Martini. Or if you'd like more info on the episodes, visit the website, oldbastardmartinilunch.com. Finally, I'm always looking to meet new people and take on new projects. That's what a freelancer does. I'm hungry. Um, if you need a little help, uh, something along the lines of designer illustration, check out my website, petermorse.us, or send me an email at me at petermorse.us. I want to hear what you got going on. In the meantime, have another martini. I know I will.